Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Andy Nelms, and I have the privilege of uh, being the associate pastor uh, here at Lover's Lane and the pastor here at Thrive. And uh, again, I just want to welcome you to worship, whether it's your first time, um, your first time in a long time, or, or maybe your longtime member. Whatever the case, we are so uh, honored that we get to worship with you this morning. Uh, we are in a sermon series named Calling, and it's all about discovering our purpose. And I am, I am so excited to get to share the word with you this morning. We are going to be in the book of Esther. Uh, it's in the Old Testament uh, of the Bible. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to go ahead and grab it. We're going to use it this morning. And I uh, encourage you to, to use it, to make notes uh, in your Bible. If you have a hard copy, if you use your phone, there's ways to highlight and, and make notes as well. Uh, I encourage us to use our Bible this morning. And, uh, and we are learning about calling. We're learning about our purpose. And, and I want to let you know that re- regardless of who you are, God has called you. God has a purpose on your life. The only difference is, have you responded? Have, have we listened for that call? It's what we talked about last week. Have we listened for that call? And, and this morning we talk about sacrifice because we are all called to something greater We are all called to something greater than ourselves. And if we are going to achieve something greater than ourselves, then it's going to take sacrificing a part of ourselves in order to accomplish that thing. In order just to have a kind of a base definition of terms this morning, I I want to share, um, you know, kind of my definition of, of sacrifice, at least my working definition is this, giving up something of personal value for something of greater value. Giving up something of personal value for something of greater value. Here's the thing, we all sacrifice. We all have have made a sacrifice in our life. We have all given up something of personal value for something of greater value. The question is, is it worth it? Question is, is it worth it? We've all made a sacrifice in our life in some way, in one way or another. Question is, is it worth it? Uh, you know, we, we've all made a sacrifice. Um, maybe uh, you have a family and, and maybe you work out of the home. You've made a sacrifice, right? You've sacrificed time with your family so that you can go to work and, and achieve something and, and earn something so that your family can be supported. That's a sacrifice. And, and, and some might say that that's a worthy sacrifice. But there are some sacrifices that, that maybe aren't worth it that we kind of habitually make. Um, you know, the, the kind of go-to example is, is fast food, right? Um, I, my favorite fast food, I'll tell you something about me, my favorite fast food is a beefy five-layer burrito from Taco Bell. Oh my gosh, there is nothing better than a beefy five-layer burrito with Taco Bell, but you have to get the fire sauce, right? The fire sauce is what makes the entire thing. Anyways, I love a five-layer burrito from Taco Bell, and and if I ever get a chance, that's where I want to go. And that's a sacrifice, right? I am sacrificing some of my personal health for something of perceived greater value, the taste. The question is, is it worth it? We're all making a sacrifice in our life. The question is, is it worth it? We might say, you know what, I'm, I'm making the sacrifice for, for my family. You know, I'm, I'm sacrificing so that I can, I can have enough in the bank. I'm, I'm sacrificing so that I can achieve this thing. And you might say that that's worth it. I would ask you to consider, how does that look at the end of your life? What does that sacrifice look at the, at the end of your life? You know, as a pastor, I've had the privilege and the honor to sit with people as they are preparing to pass away from this life. And I've seen some people who are who are ready, and they've looked back on their life, and they've seen the sacrifices that they've made, and they've considered those worth it. 
And I've also prayed with people who have made sacrifices in their life, and as they come to the end of their life, they've realized that those sacrifices were not worth it. We all make sacrifices. The question is, is it worth it? What I'm asking you to consider this morning is, will we sacrifice? Will we give up something of personal value for something of greater value? And that thing of greater value will be our calling, will be the purpose to which God has called us. And we're going to learn a little bit about calling as we learn about Esther. Again, it's in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament. Uh, Just to set the stage a little bit, um, Esther is the queen of Susa. She is the, the queen of this Babylonian province, and, and uh, her king is King Ahasuerus, um, which is, uh, I can prove I went to seminary because I can say that name. We're going to call him King A from now on, all right? Um, so, so Esther is the queen of King A, and, uh, and, and King A kind of had this like nefarious way that he chose a queen. He had a beauty pageant, and so he chose, you know, kind of the most beautiful woman, and he chose Esther as his new queen, but there's this thing that King A doesn't know about Esther, but that Esther is Jewish. She has this, this lineage, and, and she was raised uh, by her cousin Mordecai, who was also Jewish. And, and Mordecai is kind of advising Esther, and, and he kind of waits by the city gate, and he, and he hears kind of what's going on in the town so that he can go and report that thing to Esther. And Mordecai comes into contact with uh, one of King A's advisors, whose name is Haman, And Haman thinks pretty highly of himself. He is an advisor to the king, and he wants to be treated like the king. He assumes that that because he is, you know, this this close relationship with the king, that any time he is around someone, that they ought to bow down to him. And when Haman walks by Mordecai, Mordecai doesn't bow down. Why? Because he's Jewish. Because the only thing that he will bow down to is God. And, And so Mordecai refrains from bowing when everyone else around him does. Haman notices this, and he decides in that moment that the people who are Jewish lineage, the people who will not bow down to him, must be eradicated. And so Haman goes to King A, and he says this. We're in Esther 3, verses 8 through 9. We read this, that Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and separated among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Listen to this. Their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws, so that it is not appropriate for the king to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued for their destruction, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business, so that they may be put into the king's treasuries." Right, so, so Haman kind of manipulates King A, right? He says, hey, there's this, these people do not pay homage to you. They don't have the same laws as you decree. And so because of that, you ought to eradicate them. And Haman says, and I'll pay this money into the king's treasury for any trouble that anybody has to go through in order to achieve this goal. Why does Haman do this? Because Haman thinks more highly of himself than he ought Because Haman can't see himself clearly. And in fact, that's where we learn that pain comes. Pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly. That's where pain comes from. Pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly. So the question is, are you being honest with yourself? 
When it comes to our sacrifices, the things that we are giving up of personal value in order to achieve something of greater value, is it worth it? Do you see yourself clearly when you ask yourself that question? Are you being honest with yourself? Look at the end of your life. Consider that moment on your deathbed. As you look back on your life, will that sacrifice be worth it? And do you see yourself clearly? Because pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly. Pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly. It comes whenever we as parents want to be perceived as better parents than maybe we are. And so maybe we, we lie to a friend uh, about our parenting style or, or, or we lie about the achievements of our children. And then now our children have to live up to that achievement that we've lied about. And, and it puts pain on everyone in our family. Pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly. Maybe it's at work. When we, you know, now that we are digital, we want to say that we're working when we're not actually working, or we want to say that this project was actually better than it actually was, and this pain comes when we can't see ourselves clearly. Or maybe now we're retired, and we sense that we don't have the kind of same authority or autonomy that we used to have, and, but we still want it, and so this pain comes when we can't see ourselves clearly, when we can't put ourselves in this right relationship with others. Pain comes when we don't see ourselves clearly, but the inverse is also true, that relief comes when we are honest with ourselves. Maybe you've experienced this as well, when you finally looked in the mirror and you finally told yourself the truth. And you breathed that sigh of relief and you said, finally, I can say it out loud. That we've taken the fear, the anxiety out of that lie, out of that false pretense that we've had. Relief comes when we are honest with ourselves. If I want you to consider the sacrifices that you are making, the things of personal value that you are giving up in order to achieve uh, some greater value. I want you to ask yourself, is, are you being honest with yourself? So Haman goes, and he goes, and he tells King A, hey, there's this group of people out here that, are, that don't have the same laws as you, and, and, and you ought to eliminate them. And they're Jewish. The people that Haman wants to eradicate are Jewish, and, and of course, Esther is of Jewish lineage, and, and, and she is advised by Mordecai to, to go before the king. And she's advised by Mordecai to go before the king and, and plead the case for the Jewish people. Well, Esther knows something that, of course, Mordecai knows himself. And, and so Mordecai hears this plot. He goes to Esther and he pleads with her and says, you ought to go before the king. And, and Esther responds in this way. Uh, we're now in Esther 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Esther says this to Mordecai, all the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone may that person live. I myself have not been called to come into the king for 30 days. Mordecai says, hey, you need to go and plead the case for the Jewish people. And Esther says, yeah, but there's this law. If I go before the king without being called, which I haven't been called, if I go before the king and, and I have not been called, then the, then the king... My new king, my new husband now has the authority to put me to death only if he 
extends his golden scepter, may I, may I enter the king's court and, and live, and that's only by the king's mercy. Every once in a while, we have these kinds of opportunities. Every once in a while, we have an opportunity to do something that almost defies logic. Something is presented before us. Maybe it's a work opportunity. Maybe it's an opportunity for our family. Maybe it's an opportunity for, for me as an individual to do something. And, and on paper, it just doesn't make sense. But there's this thing down within us. This twinge, maybe it's this excitement, maybe it's this whisper, maybe it's this thing that we haven't heard in a long time, or maybe we haven't heard ever, and it's this thing that says, even though it doesn't make sense, just consider it for a minute. For Esther, that, that voice was Mordecai. Mordecai responds to Esther. Esther has said, look, if I go before the king and haven't been called, I could be put to death. And Mordecai responds... Do not think, in verse 13, do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than any of the, all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows, Mordecai says. Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Esther says, I could be put to death. Mordecai essentially responds, look, we're going to be put to death anyways. And if you don't speak up, Mordecai says, God will raise up somebody else. Mordecai says, who knows? Maybe you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Maybe you have been placed in your home for just such a time as this. Maybe it's for your family. Maybe you have been invited to, to work from home and spend more time with your family for just such a time as this. Maybe of you have been placed in your work around your colleagues for just such a time as this. Maybe you have been placed within your extended family. You've been invited into a conversation with your family for just such a time as this. Who knows? But whatever that thing is, whatever that calling is, whatever that purpose is, is you will be invited to sacrifice for it. You will be invited to give up something of personal value to achieve something of greater value. Question is, what have you sacrificed for? I know you've maybe sacrificed for your family. You've sacrificed for your children. Maybe you've sacrificed for your spouse. But 
And those are good sacrifices. Those are worthy sacrifices. But I want you to consider your calling, your purpose. That, that includes those sacrifices, but extends so much more than that. And ask, what have you sacrificed for? Maybe you don't know what you believe about Jesus. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been angry at God. I want to encourage you to, to sacrifice. Maybe give up some of that resentment. Maybe just dip your toe back into the water. Maybe it starts with just a short time of prayer. Maybe it's reading a little scripture once a day considering a new relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've been a person of faith for quite some time. And during this pandemic, you've gotten to know your neighbors and you know of their need for community, their need for a church home. Maybe you're invited to sacrifice a, a little personal pride, a, a, a little comfort so that you might extend an invitation to them. Maybe you know about the amazing food ministry that we have here as we distribute hundreds of thousands of fresh produce to people in need. And, and you know that you have fared better than most during this pandemic. And maybe you're invited to sacrifice some of your personal wealth so that the kingdom of God might come to this earth, that the hungry might be fed. You know, we as Christians kind of struggle with this sometimes. Sometimes we want to be followers of Jesus without us actually sacrificing any personal comfort. There's this quote by Jenny Allen in her book, Anything. She says this, that in America, we've learned the art of being verbally passionate but highly unresponsive Christ followers. I don't know about you, but that stings a little. My hope, my prayer is that the people of Lover's Lane, the people of Thrive, would not only be people that are that are vocally passionate but are highly responsive to the calling that God has placed in our life. That we actually give up something of personal value to achieve the greater value of the kingdom of God on this earth. Will you pray with me? God, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to reign in our lives. Wherever we are, God, I, I pray that we would sense your presence here in this moment. God, maybe we are in the living room and we're wrangling kids right now. Maybe we're doing dishes, God. Maybe, uh, maybe we're alone right now and, and we just desperately need some community. God, wherever we are, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be here with us. And that your presence would be reminded to us in this moment that you have been here. You have followed us this morning. God, we thank you for your calling in our life. We thank you for your purpose in our life that you have called us by name. That you have something for us. And not just for us. But for our friends, our family, and our neighbors. God, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to drive us into ministry in your world. 
We ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ who came and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.